Hey, welcome to Mindful Mostly. I'm Andrea Collins, and yeah, I'm pretty into mindful living. I mean, mostly. I think you're the same. I strive to live my healthiest, most mindfully motivated life, but no way, man, I am not perfect at it. This podcast is for you. You want to live your best life, but you are not willing to sacrifice some of the stuff that you enjoy most. And you don't want to be one of those people that are just too over the top about it, right? Life is all about balance. You want to you want to light a fire under your ass and be part of a community of real funny women, grow, get inspired, but you want to do it all in a real judgment-free kind of way. So this is the place. Today, we are talking with author and personal development coach, Kate Hanley. Kate teaches and speaks about mindful time management, avoiding burnout, and finding work-life balance at companies and, and events. And she's been in the Harvard Business Review, the New York Times, Fortune Magazine. She's also been on the Today Show where, <laughs> I love this, she noticed seconds before the cameras started rolling that her sweater was on backwards. So yeah, we're gonna ask her about that. And she just dropped a book called How to Be a Better Person. It's got 401 everyday activities to help you foster kindness, generosity, gratitude, integrity, honesty, and basically how to be the person that you've always wanted to be. We're going to talk about uh, why you should stop complaining, why you should start a tradition, whether it be big or small, and how to be coachable and achieve work-life balance, plus her 30-second stress reliever. So we're going to be covering a lot of stuff within our under 20-minute conversation, and that is coming up. But first, it is time for the soul nugget. Got a couple of them here. No one is you, and that is your power. That one is from at Jasmine Star on Instagram. And also from one well woman, if you seek peace, be still. If you seek wisdom, be silent. If you seek love, be yourself. Oh, that's good. on the line. How you doing? I'm great, Andrea. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited that you're here. It's funny because um, so Kate is the author of this new book. It's called How to Be a Better Person. And someone sent this to me about a month ago. And I was like, what does this mean? Why is <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> why, why did I just get this? Now, the book is broke down into eight uh, different parts, and I'm going to run through them. There's see the positive, connect with your feelings, be healthy, show love, give back, stay committed, work well, and let go of your stuff. Um, I'm looking in the be healthy portion right now, and it says, mm. remind yourself of past triumphs. And that's so important, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because we have this, you know, our minds work in this way. It's called a negativity bias and that we pay more attention to things that go wrong and remember things that go wrong, which helped us a lot, you know, when we were living in caves or in and tribes, uh, you know, and you needed to remember like where the lions liked to hide out and <laughs> make potentially attack people. But now that can really kind of keep us stuck because we'll 
be thinking about something new that we want to start, but maybe all we can think about is the last time we tried something new and it didn't go so well. So we all have success stories in our lives, but we tend to focus more on the times things went wrong. So Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe you need a little bit of nudge to remember how you already have the skills to try something new and have it go really well. What are some of your favorite points in how to be a better person? I love the inner work. This is an inner thing, but it shows up in how you talk to other people. So I'm looking in the see the positive section and on one page I have make no excuses and refuse to complain. Now imagine if you took that on as a challenge for the next five days to just not make excuses for yourself. If something goes wrong or you mess up on something, you don't say, oh, well, my daughter's home from school. And you know, you just don't make excuses. You just kind of own your mistake like, whoops, sorry about that. Um, or to refuse to complain. You know, There are these things that we're doing that sort of perpetuate our own discomfort, unhappiness, right? But we don't even necessarily know that we're doing it. And then Maybe you read these, what is it? It's probably a hundred words about complaining and it makes you a little bit more aware of it, makes you more mindful of Mm -hmm. how maybe you're spending a pretty good portion of your time each day complaining and then you take that piece away for a week and get to experience how your energy shifts and how you naturally start to become, look for more constructive things to do with your time. That's a beautiful and wonderful and powerful thing. And it's just not that hard to do. There's two in the book that I really, really loved. Honestly, I could open it up to any page and I would be like finding some delicious nugget. But these two, okay. Okay. First one was um, learn your lover's language. Mm. Uh, people that are in relationships, uh, th- this blew my this blew my mind. Uh, probably a couple of years ago, I found out about the five love languages because mm-hmm. I was dating somebody whose language was opposite of mine, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that made things a lot more difficult. And once I began to understand that his language was a lot different, and he gives love and receives love in different ways, it kind of all started to make a little bit more sense. Didn't mean that things got you know improved for the better. But at least I was able to recognize the way he's capable of giving the love. Right. I mean, and maybe it helped you take it a little less personally, which is makes you, you know, less reactive and better able to just kind of deal objectively with what's actually going on instead of like, he doesn't love me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The other one was start a meaningful tradition. Yeah. You know, I will say that. I'm just not necessarily really a holiday person for whatever reason. It's not something that I get excited about. I don't decorate for Easter or Valentine's Day or or what have you. But at the same time, you know, we have these holidays and we have these traditions around holidays because rhythm is really important to us and ritual is really important to us. And just because a holiday or maybe a tradition that you had in your family doesn't really resonate with you, it doesn't mean that you don't still need traditions and to start your own meaningful tradition means that you get to decide what you want to honor and how you want to honor it and it's this really cool it's like a legacy you know that you can share with friends or with family with your kids um it's really empowering and it's kind of this cool exercise to think about like what do i want you know what time of year or what time type of accomplishment or you know what kind of a relationship do i want to celebrate and how do i want to do it Mm. it's Rituals are nice, but like, Mm -hmm. um, even if you have, even if it's as small as like Friday night is pizza night and everybody gets together and makes pizza, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm exclaiming because that's my ritual. Like, if you were going to say, well, what ritual have you started? I'm like, well, we have Friday night pizza night. (laughs) A really important part of my week. Yeah. Yeah, and who doesn't love Friday night pizza night, right? Right. Brings everyone together. 
Totally. Um, <laughs> you talk to companies a lot about uh, mindful time management, work, work-life balance. You, you said stress is, is a huge part of the topics that you tackle, and I know books that you've written in the past. One of the mm-hmm. parts of the book is work well, and um, that's always a lot of interest to us mindful mostlyers. And one thing that you say we should try to do is monotask one thing a day. Mm-hmm. Um, can you break that down a little bit for us? I mean, listen, I... I am a huge fan of multitasking. I think that uh, I tend to like things to multitask things in a way that you're taking care of several needs with one task as opposed to trying to do three different tasks at once. And we can talk more about that in a minute if you like. But Mm -hmm. so I'm not dissing multitasking is my point. But when you monotask, when you're literally saying, okay, I'm going to put my phone in airplane mode. I'm going to, I use an app called self-control, you know, where it blocks you. You can list the websites that you want to block yourself from. Mm. Um, so I block myself from Facebook and from Twitter, you know, from social. And I, you know, and I need to work on something, whether it's something that I'm writing or an email that I want to respond to thoughtfully and really just like block out distractions so that I can do that one thing well. Well, you know what, ironically, it becomes multitasking because that is, you're getting to be mindful. It's almost meditative. If you're allowing yourself, if you're giving yourself the gift of just honing in on one thing that's important to you and that's all you're going to do, it's it's like even though you're working mm-hmm. and completing something and being able to check it off your list, you're actually, it's restorative because you're not casting your energy out in like five different beams. It's one beam and it's like giving your mind one thing to focus on allows it to rest in a weird way because then it doesn't have to be like monitoring like, oh, what's going on on Facebook? I just got a notification and did my phone just buzz? You know, like, Mm -hmm. no, it's just one thing. And so you get that one thing done better than you would if you had been trying to take care of a few other things at the same time. And then you also, it's like you have filled your batteries a little bit so that whatever you go to do next, you have a little bit more um, energy behind you. Yeah. And I, that's interesting that you say that because I must experience this sense of excitement now when I go, oh my God, I focused on one thing and truly got lost in it for an hour. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Isn't it fun? I mean, it also helps you kind of tap into just enjoying your work for the sake of what it is, mm-hmm. and, you know, and not like you're not doing it to, for the sake of getting it done. You're doing it for the sake of it's there and it needs doing and you're the person to do it. Mm-hmm. And you can, like you say, get lost in the flow. It's a really cool experience. I'm also feeling like lately um, starting a timer is helping me because I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, if, if I say I'm going to get this done in a half an hour, then I'm putting the phone in the other room and like, this is my rule that I'm setting for myself. It has to be done in 30 minutes. And I'm finding at least for me, that's helping me get more things accomplished. Absolutely. I love that trick. One, one other good point that you have is be coachable. Yeah. So to be coachable is not necessarily to like open yourself up to the barbs of criticism, right? But if you if there's something that you care about, let's assume that you care about your job <laughs> and doing a good job in it, you know, and thinking about the benefits that you're creating by doing your work at your job, whether it's for your end client or for your family with the money that you're making, whatever. If there's something that you want to do well, you know, nobody is is functioning at their highest level, really. I mean, there's always more available to us in terms of more insight or more skill or more um, perspective, right? So Mm -hmm. if there's somebody that you respect who is willing to give you some feedback on something that you're doing, then you really wanna treat that like a gift. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to take it to heart or 
or that you've been doing something wrong. Um, I think a lot of, you know, there's a little bit of an inner game shift there. It's not like, oh, they're telling me that I should do something differently. That must mean I'm doing a bad job. No, not necessarily. It means they're telling you that you could do something differently because you could even like up your game. And that's such a, you know, um, a valid and um, beneficial attitude to have. Like, how can I up my game around this? Yeah, like a mindset shift from the negative to the positive of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I heard, I, I read a headline somewhere this past week that said the best thing you can be as an employee is malleable and flexible. I think you do want to be flexible, but you have to also, you know, stay true to yourself. There has to be sort of a mutual benefit, I would say, to the flexibility so that you feel valued, which is really important because you're going to do better work when you feel valued. I say that we have to be the leaders. So the employees who need the better work-life balance, we really have to be the leaders in terms of being transparent um, about what we need the work-life balance for. You know, I think that there, there, the culture used to be that you couldn't ever do anything, any take care of any personal business at work. If you had to take care of your sick kid, you needed to make up an excuse, right? It's like you needed to pretend that you didn't have any other obligations and that you were 100% wholly devoted to the company. Mm. And now I think that the culture is shifting and could still be shifted more, but we have to be the ones who can be um, bold enough to say, my mom is ill. I am I am committed to getting my work done, but I have to find flexible ways of doing it for at least the foreseeable future. Um, companies are recognizing not only the, 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 do they need to take care of their employees' wellness, but their wellness includes their work-life balance and feeling like we can take good care of all parts of our lives. Um, you know, I'm sure that there are people who are hearing me talk right now and thinking like, yeah, you don't know my boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you may not be able to just be, you know, it's not like you just throw on your coat and waltz out the door and be like, I have to go shopping now. But <laughs> if you can have a, an open hearted and transparent conversation, this is not about like trying to control a specific outcome. And I will say this, that's a tip from the um, show love chapter, which is you want to make your focus, your mantra to relate and not control, right? So we start to get really uptight around conversations when we feel like I have to get them to see it my way, or I have to get the specific outcome. Really, all you really need to do is relate your experience and then ask the person that you're in conversation with to relate theirs. And then you two can collaborate your way to an outcome that maybe you couldn't have even predicted and might even be better than you could have predicted. Okay, so let's say that has to do with changing your work hours a bit because of some life commitment that you have. Mm -hmm. You would Mm -hmm. say to your boss, hey, you know, I now have to ask, I have to get Wednesdays and Fridays off because this, this, this. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you ever experience that? Like, how would you relate that back to your boss? Let's say if they were also in a different life phase as you. Sure. I wouldn't necessarily go in and say, I have to have Wednesdays and Fridays off. That may be ultimately where you're trying to get, but I wouldn't lead with it because that's kind of like trying to control that specific outcome, right? Like I got to go in there and I have to convince him to give me Wednesdays and Fridays off. I would go in and say, hey, I wanted to just, you know, share with you and be transparent about what's going on in my life. My mom is really ill and, you know, she's going to be needing some more support. And I am in a transitional phase and we are working out how she's going to get the support. But I wanted to come in here and just have a conversation with you because as committed as I am to doing this job and as important as it is to 
to me and trust me, I'm here for you too, but I also have to figure this out. Mm. What are the, what are some of the channels I should go through? Or what are some of your concerns about what am I, what I'm telling you? Right. See, it's not so much like, give me these days off. Right. It's more like, this is what's going on with me. Let's talk about it. That's great advice. Can you come with us into the office? When we have to <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> I love having these conversations. If, you know what? Here's the thing about it. It's really freeing. Yeah. When, when you let go of this idea of like, I've got to get them to see it my way, you can just go in and be present. And no, and if you're this audience and you're mindful mostly, you know, you can really stay present to what's true for you. Even in these kind of difficult high stakes conversations, you might notice that your breath is catching a little bit, right? So you can remember to bring the soles of your feet to the floor and sort of like plug into that sense of support and take a deep breath before you respond. Mm, that's, um, that's, and that's such a, it's such a great reminder that humans relate to humans, you know, humanize it. Yes, absolutely. I think anytime you're really sharing your truth in a you know, when I say vulnerable, I don't necessarily mean like you're dabbing at your eyes, you know, mm, we're yeah. having a, we're having a Hollywood moment necessarily, but just like really allowing someone else into your experience. And you can decide how deep into that experience you want to go, of course, but there's no reason to sort of hide the fact that, you know, if your mom is ill and you're having to take on a bigger support role in your family, like who would blame you for being upset about that or like needing to have a conversation about it. Absolutely not. Definitely. Even if that boss is in a different life stage, like it's either maybe they've been through it or it's coming. <laughs> yeah. That, see, and and I think that's why your advice is so great and, and why I'm so thankful that you came on the show is because you see this through a real woman lens. You know, we, we've spent so long trying to put up a front of who we are or how we think we're supposed to be in the workplace or with friendships or online, you know, all these different communities now. And when it comes down to it, you just have to do what works best for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing that I um, especially love about you is that I know that you were going, you were on the Today's Show and you you realized right before you went on air that your sweater was inside out. <laughs> yes, it was, it was on backwards. Backwards. <laughs> <laughs> It was so it was a classic moment because I was there to talk about, you know, 30 second stress relievers um, and literally sitting on set had been in the had been there for an hour and gotten my hair done and my makeup done. And I'm sitting there and I'm wearing a shell underneath a blazer. Right. So and as I'm sitting there, we're all mic'd up and we're waiting to come back from the commercial. I sort of feel something itchy on my chest and I just pull out my sweater and like kind of tilt over the edge of it. And the the label popped out <laughs> and all the camera guys started laughing and I started laughing and it was actually this amazing stress reliever because after that I was like I, I, I wasn't nervous at all I had just had this like good belly laugh with a bunch of people with a bunch of strangers so that's the best I thought you were going to say your blazer was on backwards I was like mm, <laughs> you must have been would be noticeable <laughs> I would say with a scoop neck <laughs> like kind of a tank top shell so you can't really there's not a lot of difference between the front and the back but still technically so I have to ask you now what's a 30 second stress relief Oh, oh, well, one of the ones that I did on the Today Show and one of the ones that's my favorite is there is an acupressure point in the center of your breastbone. Hmm. So your breastbone runs horizontally from your solar plexus uh, to the notch of your throat. So right in the middle of that. So honestly, it's right about at nipple height. Mm -hmm. There is a small divot in your breastbone that's probably pretty tender and you can apply gentle but firm pressure. So you're not trying to go for any sort of burn here. This acupressure point is called the sea of tranquility. 
which I just absolutely love this idea that we don't need something outside of us to help us calm down. We have this sea of tranquility within us and we just have to remember to access it. When you press that point and you just sit, you know, you just stay with it for maybe 30 seconds and you just breathe naturally, you'll feel that it really opens up your breathing and it kind of unlocks any tension in your upper chest. So all of a sudden you're taking these like big juicy breaths effortlessly and it really does help shift you out of that like <laughs> feeling. Mm. Well, look, now that we're all set to be better people in the sea of tranquility, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so psyched to be here. <laughs> You're such a pro. Um, the book is called How to Be a Better Person. It's 400 simple ways to make a difference in yourself and the world. I am telling you, this is a guide you can pick up whenever you need uh, for five minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, just to read one little chunk and you're going to walk away with some wisdom for the day. Kate Hanley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Andrea. So many good nuggets in that conversation. That was Kate Hanley. She is the author of How to Be a Better Person. I'm going to tell you how to win that book in just one second. But first, I want to talk about a challenge for this week, and that is to slow down on the complaining this week. That was something that Kate mentioned, that if we become more mindful of it and we don't allow ourselves to do it, we will have a complete shift in our happiness and who we are as humans. So that is what we are all going to try to do this week. Don't complain. I've been doing too much of it lately. We got a house, we moved into a neighborhood, and it's totally sketchy. <laughs> and I keep complaining about it. I need to focus on the positive. Sure, there's a drug dealer that lives right down the street. I could look at that and complain. Or I could say, look, if we want to start doing drugs, it's right there, right? Talk about convenience. Now, if you want to get your hands on a copy of How to Be a Better Person, Kate Hanley's book, which is so good, there are two ways. Let me know how you are consuming Mindful Mostly on Instagram. Our tag is at Mindful Mostly. Just let me know what you're up to. Let me know what you think of it. Been loving the DMs I'm getting from you guys. I respond to all of them. So hit me up. But um, yeah, let me know what you're up to when you're listening to the podcast and tag the show at Mindful Mostly. Also, another way of winning a book is by leaving a review on iTunes. Super simple. If you're listening there right now, you just scroll down. And that is exactly where you can write all the goodness. I want to know how you're feeling about the show. In the meantime, have an amazing week. And I will talk to you next time on Mindful Wrestling. Like.